Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to to go and it's jockjournal.com. You are listening to Jock Journal Radio. And now it is time for the Sports Drive. Your host, Josh Lopez, will be taking calls for the next two hours. And his co-host, Sean Mann, will be giving you up-to-date news direct from jockjournal.com. So, get on the line and become a Jock Star. Here at Blog Talk Radio, it's 
blogtalkradio.com backslash sports drive and check us out on iTunes and uh, check out the podcast. We have all our on-demand episodes on there as well. We got a lot to get to. We'll talk about uh, last week's Monday night football game between the Houston Texans and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, if you want to talk about it, you can. You can call it 602-753-1743. We'll talk about Peyton Manning. We'll have Skippy Bale's Bat Shower, of course. Uh, I got a rant. I got a couple rants today. We'll actually debut a new segment on this day in sports history. And then to wrap up the show today, I thought this would be a perfect time to do it since we have Frank on. We'll be having the mid-season NFL Award. So we'll have that to close out the show today. With that said, let me introduce the game here. Starting first here, we have Sean Mann, the historian man, Walmart boy, gutter ball boy, from Quarter Lane. Oh, jeez. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sports Drive with Josh Lopez and Sean Mann. It is 11.34 a.m. on the East Coast, which makes it 8.34 a.m. on the West. It is, like Josh said, Tuesday, November 17th, 2015. Weather right now is about 37 degrees. It is cold. It is wet. We've had rain and we've had snow and we got a high wind warning going on right now as we speak. Doing well in general. And, of course, Josh, doing okay? How are you, and how's the weather out there? And, of course, I know, Frank, will get to you and ask how the weather is. But first, let's go to you, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I, I didn't have much sleep last night, but I had a good time uh, covering Monday Night Raw on Twitter for WrestleZone.com and pointing out uh, Nimrod said they, they know everything about wrestling, but they don't. Uh, other than that, I, I'm doing okay. I try to catch the end of the Houston-Cincinnati uh, game. We'll get to that in a couple of seconds. But overall, Sean, I'm doing good. Uh, uh, besides that, it's kind of gloomy and cloudy in Chicago, but the weather's actually pretty nice. It was raining, however, yesterday, but uh, it's in the late 50s, early 60s. That's the weather that's going on here in the Windy City. Now let me introduce our third uh, wheel of this particular sports talk radio game. It's the big win, Blue Bubble Bee, middle of Bubble Bee, USA, from Cherville, Indiana. It's big win, Frank. Frank. You know, if you believe I'm in the middle of nowhere, then I should be doing this show. I mean, where, You're in Bubble Bee, even... Indiana. What do you expect? Well, I have electricity. Does that count for anything? <laughs> I, have, I have electricity. I'm doing the show. Listen, uh, you know what, dude? You talk about Walmart. I live five minutes by a Walmart, two grocery stores, Freck and Van Til, Jules. Oh, many pizza places. You come out here, hey, and you're hey, going to be... Hey, is there a barbershop in that Walmart? I knew that was coming. Is there a barbershop? There's a... You know, I should really ask. You know, I'm, I'm going to go oh, to the Walmart man. reader, and I'm going to say that my... That where, hey, I'm here to get my hair cut. Can you direct me to the barber? <laughs> Dude, I really shouldn't do that. Because then, I'll, then I'll say, "Listen, I'm here to I'm here to get my hair cut. I'm here at Walmart. I'm here to get my hair cut. Listen, my friend Sean Mann got his hair cut at Walmart. So guess what? I want to get a haircut, and he got apparently he said he got a good job on it. So you know what? If I don't get my hair cut here at Walmart, then guess what? Uh, there's a problem because you know I'm not what. You know what? At you know least what? I was a man that went and got a haircut or at Walmart. 
And you know what? Like I said, when you got anybody who goes to a Walmart and gets their hair cut and gets it shampooed and washed and gets it trimmed, come back and tell me how it felt. It felt good with me. I got it shampooed and washed. What what happens if Walmart doesn't offer haircuts? Then you know what? They're going to be pretty pissed off at you, dude. (laughs) Well, I'll get to another barber shop. I could go to the mall. I could go to Silver Lake Mall in Coeur d'Alene. Silver Lake Mall in Quarter Lane. What? Uh, let me ask you. Do they have Orange Julius? Uh, let's see. I don't think they do have an Orange Julius. Oh, but let me ask they... you. Is it the mall? Do they have? Do they have the pretzel hot dogs with with the cheese and mustard yes, sauce? Yes, yes. Dude, when I think of balls, that's what I think of. <laughs> oh, God. The hot dogs with the, and, and and the pretzels. Yeah. But Josh, let, on, come on, dude. Josh. Let's see you go get a haircut at Walmart. I digress. We're moving on here. See, I didn't <laughs> last know night was my bro- and Joe, my barber. Uh, <laughs> last night was last night was Monday Night Football from the da, 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 unfortunate da. state of Ohio, as the Cincinnati Bengals are no longer undefeated. And I'll give my opinions after Sean and Frank get their thoughts on the game. But the Houston Texans are now four and five. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football, ten to six. Uh, unbelievable, guys. I, I This really is one of the last things I thought that would happen. The fact that T.J. Yates beat Andy Dalton on Monday Night Football is crazy. And I'll, I'll explain why I think Andy Dalton's overrated. And I got an interesting perspective on Monday Night Football in general. But uh, let's start off with Frank here. Uh, Frank, uh, buddy, what was your thoughts on the game last night? You did get to catch the game. Oh, I caught it all. And I'll be honest, I was surprised, too, because how does a team from a mediocre division, the AFC South, go into Cincinnati and beat the Bengals, a team that is undefeated or was undefeated? i got to say this. We've had so many upsets, it seems, over this week in the National Football League. I mean, outside of what we saw yeah. in the Cincinnati Bengals, we had, obviously, the Packers lose to the Lions in 1991. Oh, wait, I remember that. You don't remember that, Josh, because uh, you were still because this world was still great. You weren't here yet. Uh, we had the, the Broncos with a terrible performance by Peyton Manning, in which we now know what the issue was. Um, they lost to the Chiefs. And you know what? It's interesting. It is possible that the New England Patriots it, – it, Sean, I don't care what you say here – but the New England Patriots possibly could not have been undefeated if – the that the New York Giants had just played more conservatively and had run the football. Think about this: we could have been talking about, in addition to uh, the Brown, in addition to the Bengals here, the Chiefs, lo- the Chiefs beating, the Broncos losing, the Packers losing, maybe the Patriots. We easily could have had the Carolina Panthers as the only undefeated team in the National Football League. And this is what I got to be honest. This week ten was just crazy in the National Football League. Crazy, I tell you. Crazy for fielding. The way I look at it is this: is that the Cincinnati Bengals they did not play a good game, and you and I, you know, see Marvin Lewis walk off the field and just disgust because they had a chance last night. It would have been the first time in NFL history, gentlemen, that you would have had 
two teams, actually three teams, a trio, be 9-0. and That's not the case now. Now it's New England and, and uh, Carolina. For the Bengals, they look sloppy, dropped passes, made mistakes. That fumble, which was costly, which ended the game for them because the Bengals were on the edge of marching down the field to try to win the game against the Houston Texans. And I have to say, as a Patriot fan, thank you, Houston, in the first place because right now, if the playoffs started today, mm-hmm. New England would have the number one seed. They would have home field throughout the entire mm-hmm. playoffs. That's there huge, is still... Huge. You know what? There is still a lot that can happen. We're only in week 10. A lot of things can happen over the next seven weeks to determine the playoff positioning. For the Texans, for the Texans, they lead the AFC South. Got a chance right now. The AFC South is really not a very good division right now. But for Boring. Houston, you know, Houston was even saying for them to pull off the upset in Cincinnati was incredible. For the Bengals, I don't think it's going to affect this team long-term because they still know that they can battle with anybody, but they better learn a big lesson from this because this was a disappointing loss for them to lose 10-6 to to the Houston Texans. And I have to say, ugly, ugly, ugly game by both teams. But Cincinnati played a lot uglier and didn't execute and didn't make the big plays down the stretch. Now we turn to you, Josh, on what your thoughts were on the Houston Texans-Cincinnati Bengals game for Monday Night Football. Um, I, I want to add in my second point here before I let you guys continue and then we'll move on to the next topic. If you guys want to talk about uh, the football game for last night, you can you can give us a call at 602-753-1743 or send a tweet at DA Sports Drive. Um, so, my thoughts is this. Andy Dalton, once again, shows on primetime television that he is not elite. I kind of relate Andy Dalton to the Aaron Rodgers of the AFC. He has great... Whoa, that's, that's that, pretty so yeah. heavy stuff, dude. That's heavy. Yeah, you, you, you have a great regular season stats, but when it comes to primetime television and playing games, on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, you don't show up whatsoever. Oh, goodness. It's There's one different year. Rodgers has an MVP in a Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess it's I, I guess Dalton have? defense. I, I guess it's Dalton has playoff appearances. That have, that their, age, their age average is 30 or over. Dude, how can you, you compare Andy Dalton to Aaron Rodgers? I'm telling you. Rodgers, I'm, I'm, all right, I'm all right. Sean, Frank, right. stop interrupting me. Okay, I'm only saying it because they have great regular season stats, but one exception. Okay, yeah, Aaron Rodgers won Super Bowl. What has he done for us lately? Nothing. Not showing up in the playoffs. Done more than what okay. Andy Dalton has done. Hey, the guy's done more than what Andy Dalton has done. What's the point? What's the point? I'm trying to get to the point, but you keep interrupting me. We're arguing. We're having fun. Go ahead. Right. So, my point is, Andy Dalton is not a good quarterback, in my opinion. He's not. I, I, if the Bengals want to go anywhere, they need to get rid of Andy Dalton. Um, this is a big statement game for the Houston Texans, especially with the state of how bad the AFC South is right now. Um, so, I, I think it's a really big victory for the Texans. Texans are taking on the New York Jets at home this Sunday, and then uh, the Bengals 
play it once again on primetime television on the road in Arizona. So it could be a rough week for the Cincinnati Bagels, and it's well-deserved because real elite NFL teams play well on primetime television, and the Cincinnati Bagels do not. So that's my point. The way way I look at it, excuse me, Frank, the way I look at it is this. Josh, you have a point, okay, because, look, Andy Dalton plays well in the regular season. Has he ever won a playoff game? No. Has Has Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl? Yes, but Josh has a point. The point is, is that what has Aaron Rodgers done in the last few years for the Green Bay Packers when he's gotten them to the playoffs? He has not gotten them a Super Bowl and he is not clutch in the playoffs. So both of these quarterbacks are good, but the point is they're still not both clutch quarterbacks. Frank, you may disagree. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I do I do disagree because take a look at Aaron Rodgers and Andy Dalton during the regular season. Clearly Aaron Rodgers is a way better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Maybe not over the last couple of weeks, but as a whole, even since the 2010 season when the Packers won their only Super Bowl at this point under the Aaron Rodgers regime, they – have gone far in the playoffs. Rodgers has produced the numbers. Dalton, good quarterback, not a great quarterback, not on the Mount Rushmore. Aaron Rodgers has been identified as being on the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks. He's up there with Peyton. He's up there with Brady. He's up there with Drew Brees. When you think of the top four quarterbacks in the National Football League, you think of Peyton Manning, you think of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, maybe not that particular order, but you think of those four guys. Andy Dalton, good quarterback, nowhere near no nowhere near the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. This guy is looking way up at the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. And I want to say this too about the Tex about the Texans win. Maybe not Frank? Did you cut out there? I'm still here. Sean I'm here. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I'm here. Yeah, you cut out here? a little bit. I yeah, cut here? out. Oh, my goodness. Dude, somebody doesn't like my opinion. Well, guess what? Too bad I'm going to share my opinion. You don't like it. Uh, I, I'm still going to speak. You know what? This Texans win was maybe not as shocking because it's a team trying to fight tooth and nail with the Colts for the AFC South. I'll be honest. The, the Detroit Lions, them going in the beating the Packers in Lambeau Field, that's 100 times more shocking than the Bengals losing at home to the Houston Texans. The Lions winning was a lot bigger than the Texans. I agree, because look at it. Detroit, they go into Green Bay, and they win. And I was talking with one of my friends. She's one of my bowling teammates. She's a diehard Packers mm-hmm. fan. Can okay. we get her on the she was, she was, <laughs> she was yeah. stunned, very stunned, that the uh, Lions go into Green Bay and finally end their losing streak there, because they had not won since December of 1991. So I can agree with that. Anytime you lose to a team that's one and seven, maybe two and eight or whatever, uh, that's kind of shocking to say the least because you're supposed to win that game. Green Bay, I think, you know what? Cincinnati is in a better position than Green Bay is. Why? Okay, look, okay, they played a sloppy game last night, the Bengals did. But if you look at the other side and you go to the NFC North, okay, you're going from the AFC North to the NFC North, and you're looking at the Packers, okay? Green Bay, and they've talked a lot about this. I was watching the NFL Today on CBS, and they're all talking yep. about it, too. 
why are the Packers losing? What is their problem? They played bad against Denver, where Rodgers threw for 77 yards. They got destroyed by the Carolina Panthers, although they did make it a game. I guess, well, the Carolina was blowing them out even before Green Bay was making their comeback. And then you lose to the Lions. Green Bay is in a lot more trouble than Cincinnati is. I think, in my opinion, the Bengals still have a chance to still be a team that could finish their season at 13 and 3 or 14 and 2 and I have to ask you Josh and Frank how do you sure. think the Bengals season ends how do you, what do you place them do you think they'll be 13 and 3 14 and 2 let's start with you first here uh Josh about this about how you think the Bengals are going to finish up then we'll get to you Frank I'm I'm going to load up the schedule here so I'll let uh Frank go first I got the okay. schedule up. Yeah, you do that, Josh, because I already got the schedule up. And taking a look at the schedule for uh, the Bengals, on paper, it really looks very winnable. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to win all of these games. I do believe that the that the Arizona Cardinals, a team that has just had a lot of momentum on their side, they've got to be the favorites on Sunday night at home against the Bengals. So I'm going to say that's the second loss. Cincinnati, they're going to lose back-to-back games. And then the schedule really lines up. You've got the Rams at home, the Browns on the road, maybe you lose to the Steelers at home, so that's three losses. And then the question is San Francisco, Denver, and Baltimore to close out the season. Uh, You know what? We may be looking at this team losing three or four games here in 2015, which is good enough to win that division. They should win the division. They should get the bye. Uh, maybe not the number one seed. I still think New England's the team to be in that conference. But look at the accomplishment of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, getting a, winning the division, the AFC North, getting yeah. a bye, hosting a playoff game. Because they've had to go on the road for wild card game after wild card game the last few years. But I'll say this. The, the Cincinnati Bengals have to win their game. They have mm-hmm. got to fight, got they have to get win their game if it's in the divisional round. It's at home. They gotta find a way to get to the AFC championship. I don't think there's any expectation for them to get to the Super Bowl, but the Cincinnati Bengal fans are saying, Can we win one playoff game? Because if they don't win this playoff game, and they will be in a playoff game, you may see a lot of changes during the off season. Josh I'll say they will not be Thirteen to three or fourteen to two. Um, let's look at the schedule, and I'm kind of surprised the Bengals have so many prime time games this year. Uh, they have two in a row in late December, where they're on uh, Sunday Night Football against the 49ers, and how the 49ers are on Sunday Night Football makes no sense to me. Uh, and then there, then there's the big uh, Monday Night Football game in Week 16 against the Broncos. Um, I, I'll. I, I'd say the ceiling for the Bengals right now, Son, will be 12-4. I still think there's a good chance for them to win the division, but uh, I, I don't see them being 13-3 or 14 or 2. So, yeah, that starts off on the Houston-Cincinnati uh, game. Uh, if you guys want to chime in and talk about it, you can give us a call at 602-531-743. We're about to take a break in just a couple of minutes. We're here on the Sports Drive here with Sean Mann and Frank Sprinkle, the big win. My name is Joshua Lopez. Uh, one topic here before we head to that commercial break. I, I talked about this during the um, pre-show conference call, and I know a lot of traditionalists will be mad at me and blah, 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 blah. It's all good. 
you could yeah, be butthurt because so, you you could be butthurt because somebody has a different opinion than you these days. <laughs> uh, so it's whatever to me. Um, my feeling is I'm done with Monday Night Football, and this has nothing <laughs> to do with me. Uh, this has nothing to do with me being a wrestling fan or anything. I'm done with Monday Night Football because it serves no purpose anymore. It's just there. Okay, Monday Night Football is there. Yes, I understand a lot of people watch it for fantasy reasons and blah, 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 and tradition and this and that. But it's just there. It's not a John Gruden or Mike Trito issue. They're actually the only content duo in football I like. And that's the sad thing. And I, 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 I just don't see the purpose of it anymore. It's just there. It's this thing, marketing ploy for ESPN to look good, blah, 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 blah. I think it should just be Sunday night games, and that's it. But that's my opinion. I um, personally, I'm personally done with the Monday night football on ESPN because looking at the schedules for Monday night football games for the last six years has been utterly pathetic. If you're not going to put games on there, what's the point of watching? Hey, you know what their tradition speaks. Listen, you know what bothers me? We have Thursday night games. I'll listen. Would you agree that maybe Monday Night Football has lost its luster based on two things? One, you have more options on a Monday night. I mean, Josh mentioned about Raw. You have that, obviously. I remember in the late 90s during the Monday Night Wars, Nitro was actually beating out both Raw and Monday Night Football. Seriously, with the NWO angle, they were beating out Monday Night Football and Raw. Now, you don't obviously yeah. have the cult status as you did in the 1970s where you only had very few channels. Uh, but as far as the games go, look, Monday Night Football is a tradition. But the fact is, it's been overshadowed because you have Thursday Night Football, you have Sunday Night Football. You have three nights of primetime football where if you look at it, during the 1970s and into the 1980s, it used to be just one night, and that was Monday Night. Monday Night used to be the game. Now you have to question yourself, what is the game? From a primetime national TV standpoint, we have three the games. The way I look at it, and the, and with that being said, uh, this has been just like an everyday thing. We're talking like four or five days when you think about the NFL because, you know what, growing up for me, I loved it with it being Sunday and Monday. But when the NFL decided, I don't know when it was, like it was last year or 2013, decided to play. Uh-huh. Well, around 06 with the partial. Remember, the NFL Network came about, and then you had the partial. Uh, yes, the NFL, Network, uh, the NFL Network came out in 2005, yeah. I believe it is, 2005. Then they made that decision to play NFL games starting around 06 and that was then but you have to remember this too that was November of 2006 right around there they started to do that now it's like here it is the first 8 weeks of the season they do CBS and NFL network where they do the games on Thursday nights and then they switch now to only NFL network the way i look at it get rid of Thursday night games and go back to Sunday and Monday and make the games prime time. Make them, make them big. Think about this game. We're going to be talking about when we get to Thursday, Houston, Jacksonville. Does anybody really even care about the matchup? I'll be, I don't even think I'll be watching the game on Thursday, but you know what? Think about it too. Not only that, but when we get to December, and I can remember growing up during this time, 
uh, with the NFL, been watching a lot of NFL games for years. When it gets right before Christmas, they play the NFL games on Saturdays. They play with they play like two games, three games on Saturdays. Then they play on Sunday and then on Monday. Now you've got it on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and then Saturday before Christmas. It's like right around like December, you know, like middle December. So it's like this is becoming too much for the NFL and players and bodies drain. Players get exhausted. Players need to rest because then they're tired. Think about it. Sometimes a team will play Sunday and then they got to play Thursday. Then they have uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off. Or even if a team played on Monday night. Boom, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they got to play Thursday. That is too much. Roger Goodell, you need to really still be ashamed of yourself for doing that. I've never been a fan of the Thursday night games. I'm not a fan of Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell has been – he. well, think about it. Roger Goodell has been a joke, okay? And you probably are thinking, oh, here comes Sean Mann bringing up Deflategate again. It's not just Deflategate. Roger Goodell has screwed up with other disciplinary action. We all know about Ray Rice. We all know about Adrian Peterson. We all know about what he did with replacement officials back in 2012 and how disastrous that was in September of 2012. And – and then he's just – he's a joke of a commissioner. It's all about him. He's not thinking ahead. He's not making the game fun. It's like – and then he's getting on players like, if you don't do it, you're going to get suspended or you're going to have suffer a huge fine for taking a cheap shot. Hey, NFL is supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be physical. Yeah, That's yes, what football yes. is about. It's putting on the pads, and then, boom, game on. Hey, guys, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Because we have uh, penalties such as personal foul roughing the passer. When is it going to be one day where it is personal foul, sack of the quarterback, defense number 98? I mean, seriously, when are sacks going to be illegal in the NFL? Right. Right. Quarterback sacks good... are going to be illegal within five years. That's right, and that's a good point to look at it too, Frank. And I just – it's just a joke. And, Josh, I don't blame you because you're like saying hopefully next year by this time – Monday Night Football will put games on that will be more intriguing and more interesting so you can enjoy it and maybe the entire American public enjoys it. I would not be surprised for Thursday night that you would just see the public from Jacksonville and the public from Houston watching the game, and you you won't be seeing me watching it. I'll save my pick for Thursday, but I won't be watching Thursday night just because it's not a good – it's not fun when you're watching a game that – doesn't have a lot – that's not very intriguing. You know, that's not big for the, like, the public. I'll save this yeah. for, for – I'm my passion for Thursday. Go ahead. Josh, go ahead. Sorry, Frank. I, I, I agree with you, Frank and Sean. Um, for me, it seems like out of all the sports besides the NBA, I feel like uh, NFL more like sports entertainment than sport these days, but that's my opinion. I feel like there's more drama to the sport than there is actual on-the-field play. And you have drama on the field play with how we can't figure out what's a catch or not a catch anymore in these games. And these referees and Ed Hockley dictating uh, outcomes of games because they're so egomaniacal and all that crap. It's just annoying. It really is. I I don't understand it. Uh, Roger Goodell is not good for the NFL. I'm done with Monday Night Football. That's my opinion. So we're going to get to a commercial break. Yeah, so we're going to head to a commercial break. Uh, Frank just dropped over to get him back in. Uh, both technical, physical, he's on his side. But uh, when we come back, we'll talk about um, Peyton Manning 
we we didn't get to touch on this subject yesterday, but we will today. What's going on with Peyton Manning? And we'll talk about the fall from grace of Peyton Manning's NFL career right here on the Sports Drive on Jock Journal Radio. Let's have some fun. This is for Cars for Kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids, 1877-CARS-FOR-KIDS, donate your car today. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the Wacky Waterfall? Not just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope, it's the Wacky Waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to go and it's jockjournal.com on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. 1877 cars for kids. K-A-R-S cars for kids. 1877 cars for kids. Donate your car today. Welcome back to the Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio at jockjournal.com. We're live every Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays on jockjournal.com from 10.30 to 12.30 in the Central, which makes it 11.30 to 1.30 in the East Coast. If you live anywhere else, I don't care. 
let's move on here. If you want to talk some more sports with us, you can. You can give us a call at 602-753-1743. Once again, that is 602-753-1743. One question I want to pose out to fans out there. If you're John Elway, do you cut bait with Peyton Manning right now, or do you wait towards the end of the season? Call 602-753-1743. And we we were trying to get into this yesterday, but we didn't have enough time. But since we got Frank and Sean here, I'll let the boys rip on. Uh, go into this topic about Peyton Manning and his sudden fall from grace as an NFL quarterback. Oh, we'll start off with uh, Sean here. Okay, well, I have to say this, too. We didn't cover the game yesterday. First off, props to the Kansas City Chiefs being able to go into Denver on Sunday because, you know, I have to say this. Peyton Manning had had his way against the Kansas City Chiefs in his career. He had been, I believe, 13-1 and all-time against the Chiefs in his career. That was not the case on Sunday. Okay, you got to give him props. He broke a record in the NFL. He got a standing ovation. But look at his stats. Five out of 20, 34 yards, four picks in the game. He had one of arguably what I'd have to say, Josh and Frank, the worst game of his entire NFL career. That was one of them. And he's had some other bad postseason performances. I've always said it about Peyton Manning. Good quarterback, but sometimes he still can't win the big games. And I have to say, too, is it time for him to retire? I say, yeah. I think, you know what? If Brady, if uh, Manning does come back for the Patriots-Broncos, I'm thinking to myself, we very well could set, see the end of what has been a great rivalry between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, the rivalry where those two have always gone head-to-head, going back to the Patriots-Colts rivalry. Excuse me for bringing in the Patriots there, Josh. But I'm just thinking about how – Manning realizes he's getting towards the end. Okay, you got to give him props. He's won a Super Bowl, but still not the clutch guy. And when John Elway brought Peyton Manning to Denver, there was elation for Denver Bronco fans. They felt like this was the best thing since the John Elway era of the 1990s. Turns out not to be the case, and Peyton Manning just doesn't have it anymore. And I have to say, how do you think, and I, I know, Frank, you even addressed this too. How do you think John Elway was feeling okay. after the Broncos got destroyed by the Seattle Seahawks 43-8? to That was one of the low points of Peyton Manning's career. It's time for him to quit. It's time for Peyton Manning to hang up the cleats, and Denver has to be in the rebuilding mode because Peyton Manning just does not have it anymore. I've seen it, and on Sunday you saw the performance, and you saw that he didn't really wasn't into it, and they get pounded at home 29-13. to It shocked a lot of people yeah. because the Broncos played so bad. Now we got to turn to you, hey, Frank, for what says, your assessment hey, of the Broncos and hey, Peyton yeah. Manning. Hey, Sean, hold up. Sean, hold up, guys. Uh, we got our friend uh, Nash Carey calling in from Oklahoma. What's going on, bud? Hey, yeah, I, I, I've been hearing this uh, thing about Peyton Manning. I've been kind of on that on that springboard for some time. I think this guy really, absolutely, 100% needs to just hang up the cleats and do it in a professional way where John Elway doesn't have to make that call. Uh, when you get to the point where your 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 physical tools uh, have diminished to the point where Peyton Manning's has, you, you're, all you're doing is you're tempting fate because now you – you, you don't have the arm that you once had, and you're only one one bad hit from ending up as a quadriplegic. I mean, there's too much too much going on with this guy, and he doesn't have the abilities that he once ha- once had. He his quick release is even gone. 
All he's playing on is pure smarts. That big old brain of his and that big old head of his is, is what's pulling him through on games and it has, has worked up until this point. Okay, he's won, he's, taken the, he's taken the record. You know, he is one more record. He's sure to be in the Hall of Fame. There's nothing left to prove here. He definitely will be hurting his team more in the playoffs if he actually plays at that level and takes the Denver Broncos to the playoffs than he would if he was actually just sitting on the bench. So it's time to pass the torch. And who better to, to be that, that backup quarterback or even a, a, a sitting on the sidelines than, than, than Peyton Manning himself to help Brock Osweiler exactly. you know, yes. through this transition? Uh, Matt Nash, I got to ask you too about this. Were you shocked that Kansas City beat Denver on Sunday, or did you expect that to happen? I've been waiting for this to happen for some time. I mean, I'm watching Peyton Manning's arm; it's dead. He has to play essentially between the hash marks at this point. And when you have a, a, a defense like the Kansas City Chiefs, who have a very formidable front seven, you can't do that with Peyton Manning. What they were doing was they were dropping their linebackers back in coverage until Brock Osweiler came in, and then they started rushing. But they were dropping their, their their linebackers back in coverage, forcing Peyton Manning to throw throw to the outs. And when that was happening, uh, it was it was dead ball after dead ball after dead arm after dead arm. It was horrible. And then another question. This is for everybody, okay? Suppose this happens, and I believe it's not going to happen with the Broncos, that they don't win the Super Bowl. We're going to start with you first, Frank, and then we're going to go to Nash and then Josh, okay? If the Broncos do not win a Super Bowl, and that's pretty much not going to happen this year and probably next year, Peyton Manning retires. Was this a boom or a bust for the Denver Broncos to bring in Peyton Manning? Frank, let's start with you. I'd have to say it was a bust because, look, they got to the Super Bowl uh, two years ago. But understand this. They were the better team maybe coming in on paper because they had such great success. They were more of experience, Peyton Manning. Uh, but other, but here's another thing, too. You look at that Super Bowl two years ago at mm-hmm. the quarterback matchup with Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson. If you look at quarterbacks, especially the young quarterbacks coming into the league now, and it's interesting, Nash, and by the way, Nash, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity as always. Uh, Nash, you're the one that mentioned about playing in between the hashes, how you don't see much of the scrambling presence from Peyton Manning. Well, 15 years ago, when you had guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady come into the league, you really didn't think of these guys as being prominently guys that are going to sneak the ball across the line of scrimmage. You see that commonly with all quarterbacks now. As a matter of fact, I saw a family Dalton last night in the Monday night game between the Bengals and the Texans. Uh, Understand this, Peyton Manning can play the game for the rest of his life from one aspect, the preparation. I mean, Peyton Manning can study film. He can read defenses the rest of his life. But when it all boils down to one thing, it's all about the physicality. And that is something that Peyton Manning is just lacking. Let me make this point here about Peyton Manning. You take a look at his quarterback rating. This year it is 67.7. Peyton Manning has had a good number of seasons. In, as a matter of fact, you take a look at the seasons, the three previous with the Broncos. He has had a quarterback rating of 100 or better. He has only had one game this year in which his quarterback rating was 100 or better, and that was 101.7 on September 27th against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. I remember, Sunday night game, but that's against a mediocre Detroit Lions team. 
Peyton Manning has thrown his has thrown for more touchdowns, more interceptions, I should say, than touchdowns. As a matter of fact, let's go back. Let's look at the last few games here. I got to make this point here. The Vikings game on October fourth, one touchdown to two interceptions for Peyton Manning. The game against the Raiders in Oakland, no touchdowns, two interceptions. The Browns game the following week, one touchdown, three interceptions. The Sunday night game in which they won against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. He didn't have a touchdown, but he threw for one interception. Okay, he was two. He had two interceptions, two touchdowns against the Colts the previous week. Four interceptions, no touchdowns. If you look at Peyton Manning's production, it is lacking considerably. I don't think he's going to retire now. I don't think it's going to be where we're going to hear a press conference in a couple weeks saying, I'm done. You may hear it after the end of the season, but Peyton Manning just cannot perform physically anymore, and we're seeing it. Nash, we go to you. What's your thoughts if it's a boom or bust? Well, I'd have to say, actually, it's a boom. Um, you weren't expecting uh, too much out of him at the at the end of his career. You were expecting a chance for a Super Bowl, and that's exactly what they got. A couple of years ago, out of Peyton Manning, they, they were lights out. They were putting up, you know, like literally Star Wars kind of numbers. It was probably the most prolific uh, offense. They just happened to go against the most prolific defense in that same year is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. And it just so happened to turn out, uh, turn out not in Denver's favor, but you know, you can't, you can't give Peyton Manning all the credit on that situation. And they wouldn't have had that had they not brought him in. They were just coming off of Tim Tebow for crying out loud. So they automatically became a, Crap ton a whole lot better immediately. It was a good move and it was a it was a successful move. It just wasn't successful enough to win Peyton Manning yet another Super Bowl. Now I'd like to go just for a second with what Frank was saying when he when I was talking about playing inside the hash marks. I'm not talking about him, uh, Peyton Manning, and not scrambling. He's never scrambled. He just can't throw the outs anymore. It, when you when you try to target a receiver on an out route, you know, 15, 20 yards down the field, you're actually throwing about a 45-yard pass. And those, uh, because his arm lacks the strength and the velocity that it once had, uh, defenders are able to read on it. So they're moving to, to everything inside the hash marks where the linebackers are a little bit slower, the defense isn't so keyed in on it. And the, with the loss of their Julius Thomas that, that tied in that went to Jacksonville, you really, and that's why they picked up Vernon Davis, thinking that that was going to work. But it didn't. It was inevitable. And and Peyton Manning is, is at the point where he's done in his career. I will be surprised if you'll ever see him wear, wear a jersey ever again. But we'll probably see him uh, on the sidelines as an inactive yeah. person pushing this team to more and more victories and helping Brock Osweiler as much as possible. Don't think we're done seeing Peyton Manning in a, in, 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 on the sidelines because he, this guy's going to go straight to coaching. Now yes, we is. go to now we go to the person who brought up this story. Uh, Josh, the floor is yours, buddy. What's your thoughts on the assessment of Peyton Manning? If we've seen the last of him, or if he comes back for the final year of his contract with the Denver Broncos for 2016? Josh, go ahead. I think it's a boom because the, look at what where the Broncos were before Peyton Manning came to Denver. Yes, mm-hmm. they had a playoff run with Tim Tebow, but that was a fluke. And the Broncos were one of the worst teams in the NFL for a couple of years in the early 2000s. So I, I don't think it's a bust from that standpoint, especially where the Broncos were 
before John Fox and Peyton Manning came to Denver. It's unfortunate how things played out, but obviously defense wins championships, and that's what happened to the Broncos when they took out the Seahawks in that Super Bowl a couple years ago. Um, I, I love Peyton Manning. I think he's the most consummate professional in the history of sports. I always relate him to Derek Jeter of sports because you don't hear right. any crap about him from the outside. And I love Peyton Manning's work ethic, and um, it's sad how these teams have declined. But I, I totally agree with Snatch what he said right there. I definitely think Peyton Manning would be a good general manager, possibly, or a head coach down the road. So that's my And then if we go to me. Well, you know, as we finish up this story, since we want to make this quick, and we're only uh, – this is 17 minutes after the hour before we get to the Skippy Bayless bash hour. When you look at the Denver Broncos, like you said, Josh, uh, a good point. This was a team, a Denver team, that was – Really, really bad. Okay, they in 05, the Broncos, of course, made it to the AFC Championship game only to get pounded by, and I'm sure you remember this, Frank, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers that yeah. went into the Mile High City and beat them 34, 34 to like 17. And that was uh, when Jake Plummer was their quarterback for Denver. And then uh, the team just was rebuilding and rebuilding. They had some epic chokes toward the end of the season. Mike Shanahan had been fired as head coach. I believe that was after the 08 season. The team was totally different. And then when Peyton Manning came, it felt like, oh, the Broncos really got something. And then I felt like, oh, it's going to be a new rivalry all over again between New England and Denver. I'm sorry to bring in the Patriots, but I'm just thinking about how great the times were between Brady and Manning. In my opinion, it was a boom for Denver. I can agree with Nash. I can agree with you, Josh. Disagree with you, Frank, because, you know, you just like you, like you said, Josh, think about where the Broncos were long before Peyton Manning became the quarterback of their team. They had uh, Jake Cutler. Yeah, they had like Jake. Hitler. They had yeah, Jake. They had Jay Cutler. They had Tim Tebow. They had dealt with the departure of Mike Shanahan. And Shanahan I had a lot of respect for because he was a good coach and he won two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos. And, you know, there was a lot of expectation that Peyton Manning could win a couple Super Bowls. Think about it. First attempt, he tried. They lost a double overtime game in what I thought was one of the best football playoff games in a long time. They lost to Baltimore in double overtime, 38-35. to Everybody watched that game. I'll never forget watching that. That was a heck of a game. Then they uh, 2013, it motivated them. Then they went to the Super Bowl. Everybody favored them to beat the Seattle Seahawks. And I know if Nash is left, Nash remembers it very well. And that was, I went for the Seattle Seahawks because I live in the Pacific Northwest and got a lot of friends of mine who are diehard Seahawks fans where I live here. Then, of course, they played Indianapolis. And how about that? Peyton Manning losing to his former team, the Indianapolis Colts, which was so, so shocking. So, yeah, on a pick, so shocking because he couldn't move the football. The Broncos couldn't move it. Bronco fans boot their team. And I remember, Frank, you were saying when we used to be with SWR that we would not even probably want to set foot in the state of Colorado or Denver because Bronco fans were so disgusted with the opportunity it was for them to move on and meet New England in the AFC championship game. So a number of factors. And now with the fact that Manning is out for next week, Denver, I think, will still be a playoff team, but no, they're not going to win it. And then there's going to be major questions raised 
Will Peyton Manning be back in a Bronco uniform next year? Because think about it. He has another year left on the five-year, $96 million contract that he signed in March of 2012. So there's a, there will be a lot of questions asked. And I think the Bronco fans are a little bit concerned right now where this team is going to be headed uh, starting next weekend. And you know what? Peyton Manning needs to be healthy. And right now he's not a healthy Peyton Manning. And like Nash said, arm is starting to wear out. Omaha, I think, is very, very quiet right now. <laughs> I know Brock, Brock yeah. Oswell called it in the game on Sunday. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, and he wasn't that bad. Yeah, he threw a couple touchdown passes, but, you know, the Chiefs really were amazing. And I think for the Chiefs, they wanted it so bad because that Thursday night game when Denver went in there only was won because Kansas City made blunders down the stretch of that game and week number two of that NFL game in Kansas City. But I guess that – Hey, son. Yeah. Uh, hey, Nash, one more thing before we let you go, buddy. Uh, what was your thoughts on the uh, game last night between the Texans and the Bengals? Oh, my God. I think I needed a defibrillator paddle to stay awake <laughs> during it for the most part. I mean, it didn't really get interesting until uh, the second half at all. And, and uh, I mean, they it, that's what you call – that's what you call a damn good broadcast team to make that game even even swallowable. Um, because they made it, they made it interesting in ways that 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 shouldn't have been there, and they they yeah. uh, they pulled it through. They really did. They they were able to make make that a game when it really wasn't. It was a miserable display of whatever. I, I knew if eventually Andy Dalton was going to show his crazy girl side, which is you know eventually <laughs> you, you, it, crazy crazy girls. We all know them, right? They they're the they're the ones that. You, you just love uh, all the time until they show that one bad showing, and then you pretty much want to find about $10,000 to have them off. Well, that was Andy Dalton kind of last night, really ineffective, didn't show, didn't show what he, he typically was. And it was, it was, it, it's, it's typical Andy Dalton. When the, when the spotlight's on, he doesn't tend to shine very well. Um, and that's, and that's unfortunate. I don't think that the, Cincinnati Bengals are a perennial playoff team. I, I think they probably will win a playoff game because they're going to be playing at home with the with their uh, situation looking as good as it is. They're going to have a, at least a first round bye. But you, you just it's it, that was a miserable game, and all the Texans did was play spoilers. Let me ask you this, Nash. As far as the pressure, uh-huh. I and I said this uh, before our break, before you joined us. That okay, they're gonna get, they're gonna win the division. They're gonna get their home game. Not since 1990 they have they had a home playoff game. Uh, they're gonna get the bye. It's gonna be a divisional playoff game. But here's the thing: they've been to the wild card round how many times? I've just pretty much lost count. But they have. But one thing I can tell you: they have lost each time they've been in the wild card round. There's a lot of expectations for them to win based on what they've been accomplished. And on top of that, they've been in the playoffs. And this game's at home too. How much pressure do you think? there is on the Cincinnati Bengals to win otherwise we may see changes yeah I I if if it's a one and done in the playoffs this year Jones loses his job and it becomes a complete rebuild process from top to bottom Andy Dalton will probably be a reclamation project for somebody um and and I could see that whole team getting shelled out I really can it's just too many too many playoff losses in a row um to to allow for that to happen, it's it's a it's the type of thing that reminds me of Marty Schottenheimer. Do you guys remember how he oh, played oh, the playoff yeah. game to save his life? 
Cleveland, it's yes, the same he, thing all he, over again. M- Marty is a great veteran coach, but when it came down to the playoffs, he never could win big games when it mattered, Nash. I mean, you know, think about the drive when Elway and the Broncos beat the Browns in, in January of 1987 or, <laughs> or, the Browns lo- or the Browns losing in Denver, you know, in January of 1988. So when you look at that, you know, Marty Schottenheimer had dealt with that. And then his days with the Chiefs. And then his days with the Chargers. And, of course, Elway was the one that always beat Marty Schottenheimer and broke his heart, heart in the playoffs. So yeah. I'd have to say, yes, the same thing applies for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a team, actually, Frank, yeah. to correct you, this is a team that has not won a playoff game since January of 1991. They've been to the wild card game. Season, 90 season. Yeah, well, anyway, but anyway, the the uh, Bengals have it. They've been this team that's tried to be there than the wild card the last three or four straight years to try to end the play, get the monkey off their back. But it's just been hard to get that monkey off their back. And Nash, with you being here, okay, I'm going to turn a little bit here. We got 25 minutes after the hour. I wanted to address this. I talked about this before the show started. Let's talk about this team, the Minnesota Vikings leading the NFC North division. I wanted to touch base with you on this, Nash. What's your thoughts? Then we'll go to Josh. Then we'll go to Frank real quickly. Nash, we start with you. Your thoughts on the Vikings being 7-2 and two and leading the NFC North division <laughs> over the Green Bay Packers. Oh, I get to toot my own horn and promote my own site in the same, same breath here because I actually it's predicted right. the Vikings to win the Super Bowl pre-season, before the season actually started, my 10, 10 bold predictions, you can go to jackgirl.com and look in the search engine and look for bold predictions for 2015 and find it right there. I had them beating the Chiefs, and that's not and that's still a possibility as well. Um, I, I think that uh, the Vikings are, are a surprise to many, but I saw a, a very formidable offense and a de- off, or, I'm sorry, defense and a very – um, average offense that was going to be good enough to take them over the hump in the NFC, especially as they got more and more experience together later in the season, which is a, kind of how it played out, much much the way I, I foresaw it. I, and it's, it's kind of interesting because I, I think that there's, there's a lot of good storylines there. And people, we were talking last night that it, it, I guess it's okay now to wear your Adrian Peterson jersey, even if you're going to pick up your kid at a daycare. But it's a very <laughs> weird circumstance that, that I know. Um, it's a very weird circumstance that this team was so bad last year, but is so good this year. Right. Yeah, so it's interesting to see what will end up happening there. Well, thank you, Nash, for uh, joining us as well. Yeah. Of course, we we got God the uh, yeah we got the Skippy Bayless Bash Hour coming up. Uh, actually, that, yeah, actually, that question was just addressed to, towards you, Nash, because we've already covered about the Vikings and the Raiders. But anyway, other than that, though, um, interesting to see what will happen. It's been, a, like you said, Frank, a wild week 10 of the NFL. Now we focus on week number 11 of the NFL season. We've got, of course, the uh, uh, Houston-Jacksonville game, which I think is an absolute joke for a nationally televised game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think many people will be tuning in. Uh, they'll be watching reruns yeah. of the new Supergirl. They have NFL Network <laughs> games on the NFL Network. How can you? The NFL Network's not in many houses. I haven't. Yeah, it's a miserable have it, game. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, take care, and you, you guys you. keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you, Nash, for the opportunity. Can't stress that enough. Yeah, no, no problem. Take care. 
That's Nash Carey. We want to thank uh, Nash for calling in here on the Sports Drive. Uh, you guys can call in if you want. He leaves the phone lines open for you at 602-753-1743. Wanted to uh, get a little roundabout scoreboard update for the NBA since we really haven't had a chance to talk about the NBA so far this season before we head to that commercial break. Uh, so some scores from last night's games. This um, was 92-86. Philadelphia's own 11th of the season. Memphis beat the Oklahoma State Thunder 122-114. to The Bulls beat the Pacers 96-95. Uh, Boston Celtics beat the Houston Rockets 111-95. The Spurs beat the Trailblazers 93-80. The Suns beat the Lakers 120-101. Uh, uh, yesterday in NHL hockey, and uh, we had the Islanders beat the Coyotes 5-2. Ducks beat the Hurricane 4-1. Canadians over to Nuts in overtime 4-3. Red Wings over Senators in overtime 4-3. Uh, Florida shuts out Tampa Bay 1-0. And then the late night game was St. Louis 3, the Winnipeg Jets 2. There's seven NHL games tonight. We have the New Jersey Devils at the Calgary Flames. Ducks at National Predators. Wild at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Colorado Avalanche at the Toronto Maple Leafs, Stars at Sabres, Blues at Blue Jackets, Sharks at Boston Bruins, and then the other games, the Los Angeles Kings against the, uh, the Philadelphia uh, Flyers. Tonight for the NBA, we have the Milwaukee Bucks at the Washington Wizards. Uh, the Hornets are at Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks. Uh, we got the Hawks at Brooklyn. Cleveland's at Detroit. Timberwolves versus Heat. Denver Nuggets against the Pelicans have been a late-night game, a big one here. The Toronto Raptors at the Golden State Warriors. And one last final news update here. Uh, Johnny Manziel just came out and said that he'll be starting for the rest of the year for the Cleveland Browns. Update's been brought to you by com, and the first hour is Sports Drive in general is brought to you by com. We'll be right back. Uh, for commercial breaks, the top of the hour will begin the Skippy Bayless Fast Shower coming up next here on the Sports Drive on Jock Journal Radio. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids, one cars for kids donate your car today. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the Wacky Waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope, it's the Wacky Waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. 
Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to go and it's jockjournal.com on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. one eight seven seven cars for kids K-A-R-S, cars for kids one eight seven seven cars for kids Donate your car today. Bayless Bash. Skip Bayless talks crap all day long, and now it is our turn. We all know Bayless is a moron, but now the Jock Stars fight back. Let's go. Let's do this one more time. Here we go. It is time for the Skippy Bayless Bash. Skip Bayless talks crap all day long, and now it is our turn. We all know Bayless is a moron, but now the Jock Stars fight back. It's our favorite time of the day. Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Drive right here on Jock Journal Radio and JockJournal.com. We're live every Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and Fridays from 1030 to 1230 p.m. Central Time. I'm here with Sean Mann, the historian man, Frank Sprinkle, and one of my best friends in the world, the Snowman. Brian Snow, what's going on, buddy? How you guys doing today? Let's let's get the party started. Hey, we've been getting started. It's, it's actually been brighter. You're here now. Snowman, que- Snowman, question. Did you like that intro to the Skippy Bayless Bash Hour? I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I thought I loved all of them. All right, let's let's get into this. Sean brings the energy, my friend. Don't be monotone. Let's do it. Let's get the intro. Yeah, Sean, the ladies and gentlemen. Let's do it. Boys and girls, it is time for the Skippy Bayless Bash Hour. What the crap? It is time for the Skippy Bayless Bash. Skip Bayless talks crap all day long, and now it is our turn. We all know Bayless is a moron, but now the Jock Stars fight back. All right, let's get this bad boy started. Skippy Bayless said that Seth Curry has nothing on Kyrie Irving. 
Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Y'all sit back. I'll handle this one. Okay, fine. The floor is yours, buddy. Steph Curry has nothing on Kyrie Irving. Dot, dot, dot. Correct. Except a world championship, an MVP, three or four different healthy seasons, a record that he has set and broken three times, a team that actually can compete, a team that actually has fans that support them and have been supporting them during the lean times and the good times, except the entire NBA in the palm of his hands, except the night where he broke Kyrie Irving's knee on a crossover move, which landed him two free throws, and except um, it's got nothing on Kyrie Irving except the fact that Stephen Curry is actually playing ball while Kyrie Irving is sitting. That was a lot. Check this. Hey, Nimrod, Steph Curry's the best player in the NBA. Shut up. I just I sit there and I put myself on mute because you know the snowman the snow the uh, floor was yours there buddy and I have to say though that that was a really stupid thing to say there Skip okay come come on we saw what the Golden State Warriors did back in June of this year against your Cleveland Cavaliers the Warriors oh, pounded the crap God. out of the out of the Cavaliers and LaPunk <laughs> walked off the court crying his eyeballs out because the guy's a punk. Next Y'all, they, they made this to be, they made this to be LeBron versus Steph Curry, and not only did Steph Curry beat up LeBron James, but Andre Iguodala <laughs> did as well. I rest my case. <laughs> Too much pro Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, Frank, yep. come on, they have to praise the Cavaliers. I don't. Yeah, but- Wait, wait, wait. Why do I need to praise the Cavaliers? They're not the NBA champions. <laughs> the public does. Can I call the Cleveland Cavaliers NBA champions? I cannot. If I said that, I'd be lying. And if I said that, I'd throw up. <laughs> because I would be speaking right in delusional terms. Right there with you. All right, let's get to the next one here. Uh, Skippy Bale said that my... <laughs> My Cincinnati Bengals let me down last night, and Andy Dalton needs to learn something from Tony Romo on how to play on primetime television. Ah! <laughs> you know what? I actually do remember Tony Romo's first game against Seattle in 2006. Remember the Almost. bad snap? Yeah. Remember the remember the bad snap on the field goal on the field goal attempt? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> oh my God! It hasn't been good, but I wouldn't say he has choked. You know, Brian, anybody? Good. Cincinnati will not make the playoffs. Really? Wow. I'm going there. I'm going there because every weakness that belied the Bengals was exposed to a team with a losing record last night, a losing team that had um, J.J. Watt, all right? But – Andy Dalton has been exposed, and everybody that plays yep. Cincinnati next better take note. That's, yeah, that's that, the that, 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 
Yeah, that includes you, Mr. Escott. I think Danny Thong's going to reach elite status. Give me a break. Unbelievable. Andy Thong, and here's something you all got to realize. I, I, don't even, I don't even know if he ever won a primetime football game. No, he did. Wait, Dalton? <laughs> Wait, who are you talking about? Andy Dalton? Yeah, he did win the game against the Bay, the Browns uh, the pre a week ago, a week and a half ago. I'm talking, about, I'm, I'm talking about real, real primetime games. Not that Oh, okay, Andrew's so not the NFL Thursday Network. Night. You're, you're talking about on a more prominent network than the NFL Network. Yeah, yeah the, and, and you, network is amateur hour. And you think Andy Dalton has the nerve, after the way he played last night, to wear Ken Anderson's number. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. Those were Ken Anderson's number. I, for, I didn't really think of that. Uh, next Skippy quote here. Skippy Bayless said that LeBron James needs to go back to Miami and join his friend, Dwayne Wade. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, I get it. So he, he doesn't have faith that the Cavaliers can win titles with LeBron there. In order for LeBron to win titles, he's got to go back to Miami. Yeah. Wait, people in Cleveland should really hate Skip Bayless about now. That's insulting. Oh, <laughs> hell no. Oh, it's on. That, that Cleveland, it's on. Let Frank, hold it. Oh. I want, Frank, hold it. I want to hear Snowman's comment on this. Do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, oh, oh it's on. Here we go. First of all, this just shows you how flaky not only Skippy Bayless is, but the city of Cleveland. What do you think would happen to that city if LeBron left a second time? As far as him returning to Miami, I hope Dwayne Way slams the door in his face. <laughs> you know what would happen? I'll answer your question. The whole city would burn in Cleveland. The city of Cleveland would burn, and they'd only have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to look at. <laughs> I don't know. They'd probably burn that down, too, Sean. They would have nothing to look at. <laughs> this, this would be worse than Cleveland Rumble Stadium Del- would bite the dust. Quicken Loans Arena would bite the dust. I'm not even going to get started on Jacobs Field. I can't say Progressive Field. I, right. I'm not going to get started on Jacobs Field. The Jake, the Jake. All right? <clears throat> I mean, they already they already ushered a little WNBA reference for y'all. They already kicked out the Cleveland Rockers some time ago. <laughs> and Skip thinks LeBron needs to go back to Miami. Skip needs to go crawl in a hole. <laughs> <at deep one>. <laughs> <laughs> Skippy said he personifies what good professional broadcasting and journalism should be in 2015. Oh, oh that's cool. You never put yourself on a pedestal, do No, I never put myself on a pedestal. Be more that, humble. This is some, this, this no, is man, some grade ahead. A homogenized Holstein bullshit. If I ever heard it. <laughs> yes, it is. I agree. Oh, I agree. Can't be any more. I never Terrible. and never will put myself on a pedestal as a broadcaster because the person that did it for me, and Frank, you and I have talked about this gentleman, is a fellow that was a longtime broadcaster by the name of Jim Durham. 
Yes. The longtime voice yes. of the Bulls. And I learned from him every time I put the headset on. I don't care what anybody says. For me, and this is me personally, for basketball, the fellow was Jim Durham that got it started for me. In terms of personifying what broadcasting is in 2015, first of all, who put that lie in his head? Second of all, he has the audacity, the unmitigated gall, or as I love to say around my friend, the gall, the balls, the nuts, and the nerve to utter such nonsense. Really? <laughs> How can you crown your? He's, it's like he. He's, it's like he should be. He's gonna. He should give himself a crown and be king somewhere. You know what? I have to say. Kind of yeah, it's all about. Skip Bayless bragging about how great a man he is, and he thinks he can outduel anybody. It just that stuff puts me to sleep. He can't outduel us. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> on one. You know what? what? What's funny? Hold on, Frank. You you know Snowman. Snowman. You know what's funny is that when Josh reads a comment, I bet you're just sitting there shaking your head like, "Oh my gosh." If we ever, when we turn this into video, y'all will see the looks on my face when Josh reads the re, reads the comment. My favorite cartoon character is Bugs Bunny. My little girl Donna's favorite is Foghorn Leghorn. Put the two together, you get the looks on my face when Skip Bayless utters this nonsense. I rest my case. Sometimes, I, this just gets better all the time, doesn't it, Josh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out to Josh for doing the research and getting and and getting these Bayless quotes as ridiculous as they are. <laughs> hey, it's fact. ridiculous. It's this is fact. more ridic- yeah, ridiculous. You know what? Since I've been coming on to the show, and I want to thank you guys, and I love y'all for having me on the show. I get you. This is likewise. Anybody who knows me knows I love pizza. All right, I love. I'm born born and raised in Chicago. I love pizza. Okay, the mm-hmm. quotes that I hear from Skip Bayless, courtesy of our leader Josh Lopez, are about as ridiculous of a th- as a thin crust pizza from Giordano's being their specialty. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah, I get. It. You go to Giordano's for the stuff. <laughs> and anybody that's been to Giordano's or Gino's East or any other great pizzeria in Chicago knows I the city of Chicago up. thrives on either stuffed or deep dish pizza. So you know a thin crust being a specialty of Giordano's is an anomaly. If I go to Giordano's hey, you know, or Gino's East, you better be eating pizza with a fork and a knife. Period. Hey, if you... Hey, if you think this is crazy stuff right here with the Bachelor, you should uh, really dive in, into the Exelon file stories me and Brian have. Those got to be classic. Can I, pay, can, I, can I pay to see them or hear them? I don't know. Frank? But me, you, and the snow, yes, but sir. Me, you, and the snowman definitely need to hang out with each other soon. We will. We will. Yeah, let's plan that out down the road. Done. Done. Uh, Any more quotes, <clears throat> you, you know what, yes, Frank? Yes, yes, sir, hold on. Go ahead, my friend. I think the three of us, and I think you know where I'm going, need to hang out at a certain event in the steel yard. Oh, yes, <laughs> we should. Hey, you ought to come to the U.S. steel yard. It's actually a pretty good minor league ballpark. Uh, 
it's, a, it's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place to call a game, to watch a game. And uh, Frank and I had the pleasure in 2012 to share, Mike, when we did the uh, the Railcats High School Baseball Challenge with um, uh, Victory Christian. Yeah, Victory. And, Man. And, and I enjoyed it. You know what? It's It was a fun game, a game that went a full nine innings. <laughs> You know what? Full nine innings. I love those games because it went extra. Seven innings in high school baseball and nine innings. Right. That was worth it. And that was also the same day too that Philip Umber threw his perfect game with the White Sox. Yeah, because I I got started with my second game of the day with um, one of my dear friends, Mark Farina, and we were trying to broadcast the game. And I had Phil Umber's um, uh, game in my ear, getting updates all the time. <clears throat> I'll never forget that because that was also the same day as a major league perfect game. But yeah, we we're gonna have to do that. Uh, and you know what, Josh? We, of course, I would feel as I, I enjoy the company. I've been with Josh. I've been I've hung out with Josh. This guy is a terrific guy. And by the way, Josh, let me ask you. He called you the leader. What are your thoughts? You are a leader. I don't even think I called you a leader. I, I'm, I'm a I rest fan. my case. It, 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 it's our show, it's not my show. But uh, if you want to call me a leader, that's cool. All hail the leader. What's the next? What's the next one? Next quote is right Keep here. them coming. Here we go. Yeah, strap up your seatbelts right here. This is be fun. Oh no. Kimmy Bayless said. Kimmy Bayless said that Chris Fox could run circles through Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> oh. What? Chris Fox could run circles through Wilt Chamberlain. Wow. I just spit wait, my drink wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. He says, hold the phone. Stop. Penalty flag on the field. Technical foul. I'm listening. Let me see if I got these words correctly and aligned in the <laughs> sentence. Oh, you did. <clears throat> Skippy Bayless, this dumbass reporter, said that Chris Bosch could run circles around with Chamberlain. Christina Bosch. First of all, I'm glad to see, let me be serious, I'm glad to see Chris Bosch healthy and back on the court. Second of all, Skip Bayless, you couldn't hold Chris Bosch's jock strap if you tried and were given directions. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we get to the pro wrestling ones, and I'm sure you have heard of all. Will Chamberlain will step on Chris Bosch's head and smash him through the floor on one post move. One. And also, I can say this, Snowman. Will Chamberlain will score 100 points against Chris Bosch. So shut up, Skip. I say 200. That's right. That, you know I'll, I'll up the ante. I say 200. In oh, okay. All right. Double it. I'll say this, uh, Josh, when you said that, I just, oh, my gosh, I spit my drink out just about. Holy crap. I cannot <laughs> believe you said that. <laughs> Frank, what do you say about that? You know what? Uh, this is really getting entertaining. I said 200. Brian Snow says 200. Does anybody want to go for 300? No, you missed the second part of my statement. I said 200 and a half. 
Shame on me. Shame on me. You were up. Uh, you were up on me. Two hundred and a half. <laughs> wow, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still I, does he not respect the NBA? I mean, does he not respect the legend, Will Chamberlain, uh, Michael Jordan? We talked about that yesterday, but Michael Jordan could learn a few things from LeBron James. What, does Skip Bayless think that the NBA is all about today? That's what he's, yes, um, Frank, he thinks about it today. He doesn't think about the eras from yesteryear. No respect okay. at all. Okay, we talked about this before, but I think it, it bears repeating. There will never, ever be an era like the golden era from 1979 to 1998. Oh, yeah. When you saw correct several players. I'll tell you a player who was so underrated as a forward that could run circles around Chris Bosh in a quarter. I believe the name James Worthy comes to mind. Hey, Showtime! Showtime Lakers! Thank you, Frank. i got to remember that as a Celtic fan. Ugh. Yeah, you do! <laughs> okay, let me action. let me go one step further. Let me bring the old-school Celtics a little love. You know who right. I would love to see Chris Bosh defend, or at least try to defend? I want to see... I would love to see Kevin McHale put Chris Bosh in the torture chamber. Oh! <laughs> yeah, do it close <laughs> Hey, how about this snowman? He could do a clothesline like like uh, Mikhail did against Kurt Rambis in Game Four of the nineteen eighty four Finals, which really added fuel and heat to the Celtic Lake rivalry. And it's one of the greatest, even though the Celtics won that game. It's one of the greatest moments in Finals history because you saw two teams really going at it, and the emotion spilled over. A seven game classic. That was right? the best Finals ever. Yep. <laughs> You know what also made the NBA great from that era, guys? I've got to tell you, it was also the arenas. Look, they're state-of-the-art, they're beautiful now, but you got to understand, they also shared them with NHL teams, too. But you had old Chicago Stadium, the Boston Garden, the Forum. You had these intimate arenas uh, that had such great matchups. Let's go down Not, Let's go down the list. The Omni in Atlanta, 16-5. I mean, yep. The Boston Garden, 14890. Oh, yeah. Chicago Chicago Stadium, 18676. The Fabulous Forum, forget the Great Western Forum, the Fabulous Forum, 17505. The Spectrum in Philadelphia, 18168. Let me go down the list a little further. The Salt Palace, 12212. The Memorial Coliseum in Portland, Oregon, 12668. Uh, where else can I go next? The Veterans Coliseum, Phoenix, Arizona, 14471. What made arenas like that stand out? They were intimate. They were loud. Yes. And they, George Carl said it best, they had soul. And speaking of George Carl, the Seattle Center Coliseum, 14575. Oh, yeah. Guys, I want to elaborate with Snowman. I want to talk to tell you personally about myself. I've always said this. What is the greatest venue I've ever stepped foot in in terms of a sports facility? And, Josh, uh, you'll, you never had that opportunity. Uh, I did. And that was the old Chicago Stadium. Now, the Blackhawks and Bulls played mm-hmm. there. And as much as I respect the Bulls and what Michael Jordan did, going the Blackhawks to Chicago made it louder. They did. It, uh, Snowman, i got to tell you, going to the second balcony in the Chicago Stadium, and you remember the stadium, the, the winding staircase in the corners. Yep. Going up the stairs, you would go up the stairs, you would hear the old Barton pipe organ as you're going up the stairs, and then you'd yep. climb up the last leg, you'd see all of the light fixtures, 
and then you'd race up the last. I'm, I'm, I'm a seven, eight year old boy racing up the light fixtures. You're hearing the organ loud and clear. You're looking down and you're seeing the ice surface, and it feels like yep. it feels like you're in hockey floor. It really did. The Chicago. I like the United Center. It's better than Chicago with, Stadium. I like the it's Chicago Stadium. And, snow, and, man. and with, Chicago, with the organ that's belting, here come the Hawks. On that old organ that blasted the West Side. Well, let me let me let my ears during the Gullhorn. Let me tell you, gentlemen, this though too. You know, as a big lifelong Boston Celtics fan, I was crushed the moment the old Boston Garden was torn down because that old Boston Garden was a horrible place for the opposition to play against when they were opposing teams. It was a tough place. It had memories to it. It had numerous Hot. Celtic championship celebrations. How about Johnny Moe's? Havlicek stole the ball, or even Larry Bird stole oh, the ball. Oh, let me go against... one step further for this Celtic fan. You um, one thing I One thing I used to do, and I still do to this day, is do impressions of uh, the different PA announcers from back in the day. Yep. It took me to... <laughs> It took me to 87 to learn the name of the Celtics PA announcer who is who was Andrew Jick. Yes, that's who he is. He's the PA announcer. I remember it. Yep. Then I have this for you, and it's on the house. Good <laughs> afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Boston Garden for game number six of the World Championship Series between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I have that on. I have a DVD of that game seven. I'll try it this way, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Boston Garden. Today's matchup features the Los Angeles Lakers at the Boston Celtics. Game number seven. Now yep. starting lineups. Well, first for the yep. visiting Los Angeles hey, Lakers. Angeles Lakers. Hey, 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 this, hey, this is the Skippy Bayless Bass Hour, not the Fanboy Hour. Skip Bayless is being bashed. Let me bring it back, Josh. You gotta remember, Skip Bayless is being bashed with all the memories that we're cre- that we're bringing back because obviously Skip doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> B, what the hell he's doing. Yeah. C, what the hell basketball or sports is. And D, yeah. unlike contemporaries that we know and love, he doesn't do his bleeping research. I want to say this. I want to say this too on public address announcers. Please, before we move on, and you guys are talking about the Boston Celtics. Listen, talking about Chicago's theme for a Blackhawk game. Harvey Wittenberg will be the Bob Shepard of hockey. He'll be the Bob Shepard of hockey. He really will be. <laughs> What's the next one you got for us, Josh? We got two more left here. Uh, All right. Said that, that Jason Garrett is a better overall coach than Bill Walsh. Oh no. No, 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 no. 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 Josh, that's cuckoo. Can't be any more delusional than that. Can I Can I start this one please, Josh? Yeah, please. Yes. What the hell was Skip eating? Jason Garrett barely got through a Thanksgiving game in 1994 because he had to suit up Troy Aikman, who was injured. Uh And he's supposed to be a better coach than the inventor of the West Coast offense and Bill Walsh, 
yep. who groomed not one, who groomed not one but two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Joe Montana and Steve Young. What is what is Jason Garrett groomed? Let me borrow a little Stephen A. Smith here. The <laughs> ultimate culpability of the Cowboys in this in the Tony Romo era lies with Jason Garrett because. On a couple of occasions, Jason Carey was was proud of a Cowboys team. Uh, I'm going back to a game where they had against Baltimore where they missed a field goal. He was proud of a team that was inept, unfocused, undisciplined, idiotic enough where they couldn't get more than three plays after recovering an onside kick. Jason Mm -hmm. Garrett was supposed to be an offensive coordinator. He never showed who who was the offensive coordinator. Bill Callahan was supposed to be, at least Bill Callahan took the Raiders to a Super Bowl, and, and Jason Garrett was still calling the plays when Bill Callahan was around. So Bill Callahan said, you, I'm out of here. Jason Garrett will never be a head coach. A good. Let me let me change my sentence. A good head coach. Well, Mike come Holmgren on. can run circles around Jason Garrett. Well, come on, Snowman. He won a playoff game back in January. <laughs> and yeah, Bill Walsh won three Super Bowls. Guys, I'll take it a step. I think he won Go four. Ahead, that 1989, I'll take it a step further. That fourth team was really, in 1989, that was really Bill Walsh's team. I know yeah, it was. That took over. I consider it unofficially Bill Walsh's fourth Super Bowl. And you have a point. Okay. Now, Josh, you're going to love this one, and I owe you this one, actually. What does Bill Walsh have that Jason Garrett doesn't have? I'll answer that question this way. We don't have time to go through that list. Yes. I don't know. You you got a basketball game to do. I cannot believe that Skip Bayless praises Jason Garrett, that he's better than Don Chula or Bill Walsh or Weeb Eubank or or Chuck Knoll or all these other great heads. Wow, that's my case. Not better than Lovey Smith. It, it, it'll prove it this Sunday that he's not better than Lovey Smith. Skip, you're the biggest <laughs> idiot in sports. All right, last quote here. Here's the rest of one, Frank, and you're going to love this. Oh, right, I Lovey, am. Go ahead, Skip, please. Skippy Bayless said he's the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin of sports broadcasting. Don't disrespect Stone Cold Steve Austin because I'll walk in that some bitch and give him a Stone Cold Stunner <laughs> myself. I think I think I think I can deal with it. Stone, does, does Skip Bayless want to know what a Stone Cold Stunner is like? Is Skip Bayless does does Skip Bayless even have the balls to experience what a Stone Cold Stunner is he like can, and execute oh, no, it properly? Brian, Brian, this is the guy that said he could beat Brock Lesnar, isn't that right, Josh? Yes. He said he could be Brock Lesnar, The Rock, The Undertaker. He can beat The Undertaker. He can really beat. So wait, he's gonna get the. So wait, he's gonna get the last ride. Last ride. He's gonna need the last rights. Yeah. He can beat The Undertaker. That's what he said. That's insulting. You know that as good as as great as Stone Cold was during the Attitude Era. Look at what The Undertaker has done in 25 years. How insulting is that? Yeah, Undertaker <laughs> celebrating his twenty fifth anniversary this year at Survivor Series this Sunday in a big ATL in Atlanta, Georgia at the Bill's Arena on Sunday. And this Nimrod thinks that he could whoop the Undertaker. 
skip. You can't even whoop your meat, your female moderator on first take, jackass. Whoa, dude. If y'all could see the look on my face right now. Oh, no. Yeah, we need to have cameras here. We need to have cameras. Um, we got breaking news story before uh, really breaking, breaking news. news story before we uh, before we let uh, Brian come here. And I'm sorry, Sean. This is coming out of CBS Boston. Uh, Ken Rosenthal Ken Rosenthal just reported that David Ortiz will retire at the end of the 2016 season. So this will be the last season of David Ortiz as a Boston. Well, I. You know, I, I saw that, too, and if you want to get my opinions, uh, probably by this time next year I'll be really, really sad because he was, he still is my favorite player. Uh, I think about all he has done for the Red Sox. I, he was one of the best clutch hitters, but Ortiz realizes, and I know his time's coming, you know, I realize that uh, whatever happens, if, the, if he could go out and win another ring next year before he retires, that'd be great. If not, you know, no big deal. I'm still proud of him. He's still he'll still be a Red Sox in my heart all the time. So uh, hopefully get the job done for him. But I would have thought he would come back for 2017. But yeah, Josh, I I did see that. And props to a great guy. Ortiz is real class. You know what? Well loved I, in Boston have, and all of New England. I have one sentence. I have one sentence for Big Poppy. Yep. And it reads as follows: First ballot Hall of Famer. Period. Indeed, Frank. Your yeah, thoughts first. on Ortiz. Frank. Frank, your thoughts on Ortiz uh, retiring after next year. Go ahead. You know what's great about the Red Sox? I mean, look at the long history they've had. They've had for every era that one uh, the Hall of Famer, that one superstar. You've had uh, Ted Williams, obviously, um, <clears throat> Carl Yastrzemski. You had Jim Rice. You've had Wade Boggs. You've had you've had these one. It seems that the Red Sox. You've had that one guy in which has been the face of the Boston Red Sox. And David Ortiz yep. has been that face for this, for these for these last few years, for this last decade, decade plus. And you know what? For David Ortiz, tremendous accomplishment. But understand this, there's something that Ortiz did that the super that the, the star attractions of the Red Sox before that couldn't, and that's won a World Series. So that makes it even more special. Not to mention three. I think I about we're gonna wrap Hold on, son. Uh, we're going to wrap up the bash hour right now. Uh want to thank the snowman for coming on. Yes. As always, he's, he's the man, and definitely me, him, and the big wing will definitely see each other in person soon and hang out. Better believe it. Thank you all for Let's, having me. Much appreciated. God bless you. Love you, buddy. Let's fly Let's Sean see. out here, too. <laughs> Hey, uh, before we get to the David Ortiz thing, because I, I wanted to get into that after we take our break, guys, but uh, yeah. I wanted to do something that I promised the people that we were going to do uh, was the oddest thing in sports history. So, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. like this facts I got here. You guys ready? It's the I'm very ready. first oddest day in sports history. Oddest day in November 17, 1926, the Chicago Blackhawks played their first game in the NHL. On this day in 1940, the Green Bay Packers became the first NFL team to travel by plane. On this really? day in 1982, the NFL reduced the 16-game season to nine as a result of a player's strike. Um, Frank, I think you might know this one here. Uh, on, on, this, on this day in 1991, Mike Utley from the Detroit Lions suffered a spinal injury in the game against the Los Angeles. In the Silverdome. 
Yes, I remember seeing it and not I, on TV live, but seeing the highlights that day and the ambulance. That was one of very few times in which an ambulance had to come onto the field. And what a great year it was in 91 for the Lions getting to the NFC Championship game. But uh, seeing the ambulance come onto the field, and Mike Ugly, of course, is paralyzed. Uh, that uh, Tragic. Yeah. We got two more here. Uh, Mario Lemieux uh, was voted into the NHL Hall of Fame in 1997. That's on this day. And then uh, the last one here, guys. 2003, Barry Bonds uh, became the first Major League player to receive six National League MVP awards. Okay. It's a good tease. Yeah, a good tease about awards. Um, after we come back from break, we'll give our final thoughts on the David Ortiz thing. But after that, to close off the show, me, myself, and Frank, uh, yeah, me, Sean, and Frank will give out uh, our midseason awards for the NFL season. You're listening to the Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio. Cars for kids, K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids, one eight seven seven cars for kids Donate your car today. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the Wacky Waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope, it's the Wacky Waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to to go and it's jockjournal.com Okay, we're back. I had to surf porn and post my pics on an adult website. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. 
sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to go, and it's jockjournal.com. Welcome back here to the Sports Drive here on Jock Journal Radio and JockJournal.com. I want to thank Brian Snow for joining us for another fun edition of the Skippy Bales Bash Hour, the best yes, segment in all sports talk radio. Um, we're going to wrap up the show pretty soon here and just give our midseason NFL awards. We won't go through every award that's in the NFL category. I'll just use three awards here, guys. Um, we'll do MVP, okay? Head Coach of the Year, and Most Improved Player of the Year. Okay? There's three awards right there. We'll start off with Frank. Well, well I think as far as the MVP. MVP. Well, I, as far as the MVP, uh, you definitely have to look at Tom Brady. I would give it to Tom Brady, although Cam Newton, you make a strong case for him. I would have to say at this point it's Tom mm-hmm. Brady. That New England Patriots team is a machine, and Tom Brady has been the anchor. So I'm giving my MVP to Tom Brady. No, I'm not trying to kiss Sean's butt. I would never do that or kiss anybody's butt. I'm just being real here. <laughs> well, All right, how about – um, All right, that's fine. Uh, how about um, head coach of the year? You know what? As far as the head coach of the year, that's really a difficult one because – what did I say, Bill Belichick? I, mean, you know, I can't give it to Bill Belichick because this is what we get from Bill Belichick: yeah. constant, uh, co- constant winners. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm just trying to think of maybe who should win head coach of the year. Um, you know, this is really not an easy one, but I don't. Do you give it to Ron Rivera? Got to get. Do you give it to Ron, Ron Rivera? Rivera? Maybe. I would maybe look at Ron Rivera. Hmm. And then, I mean, I know uh, he won it two years ago as the AP coach of the year, but I think I would give it to Ron Revere again at this point. Most improved team. The most improved team in the NFL? Yeah. Well, that, I think there's no question about it. That's the Minnesota Vikings. I would have to say that if you're – I can tell you, tell, tell you, I can tell you guys definitely who should get comeback player of the year, and that's AP Adrian Peterson himself. Uh, it's, there's many teams that have improved themselves, but I gotta give, I gotta say the most improved team has got to be the Minnesota Vikings, definitely. Uh, for me, we'll go with Sean last. Um, for me, I'll go with, um, for MVP, I'll go with Cam Newton. For Coach of the Year, um, I'm just talking about overall growth as a particular team. Uh, that's how I break Coach of the Year. I understand sometimes go, people go with Coach of the Year based off a record, but I can speak uh, just like like with the MVP award, it's who's the most valuable to the team, who's the guy that's had the biggest impact on your team or organization. So for me, my head coach of the year actually is John Fox with the job he's doing with the Chicago Bears. Yes, finally, uh, Summers. Um, most improved team, in my opinion, Frank, I'll go with. I'll go with the Carolina Panthers since they were the seven, eight, and one team at the playoffs last season. That's what 
why I'm going with Rivera as head coach, by the way. That's why I'm going with Rivera as head coach, because they have improved. They were mediocre. They were under 500. They still got into the playoffs last year. They shouldn't have been, but they did. Sean Mann, the historian man, you're up next, buddy. Uh, Let's go with MVP first. MVP. Well, you know, this was a uh, tough decision because – for reals, it either, either became, like Frank said, between Brady and Cam Newton. I'm going to go with Tom Brady easily because it seems like he has been on a mission the entire year to say to the haters, you can talk smack all you want, but it just makes me yeah. motivated. So no doubt okay. about it, Tom Brady would, would be the MVP. Next. All right, uh, head coach. Jason Garrett. You know what? This was a real <laughs> tough decision for coach of the year. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals head coach. Uh, you know, what we've seen from oh, Arizona is yeah. – I was thinking about Arians. I was thinking about it, too. I was thinking about going in his direction. Go ahead, Sean. Well, you got to be objective. You can't just be so bi- – like, you're teaching me not to be, you know, so biased. But I'm going to go with the Cardinals uh, because what he, the job he has done to make the Cardinals so successful with them being a wild card team and then them getting uh, – with them leading the NFC West, it looks like the Cardinals are very much beyond their way to winning the NFC West division. And then Josh, and then to the answer last your question. One. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. My bad. That was on me. No, you go ahead. It was on me. Okay, the most improved team. Okay. The most improved team that I see in the NFL right now. You know what? I'm going to have to go with uh, Frank on this, too, and I'm going to have to agree. The Minnesota Vikings have totally been an improved team. Uh, just, you know, we talked about it uh, just a little bit with Nash today, but we talked about it a lot yesterday, Josh. So I have to say that when you look yeah. at the Minnesota Vikings, you look at a team that was not even expected to be good this year. Everybody was wondering, could they bounce back? Could they be the team that was going to be a threat this year? They really, really are. Here they are in first place. And I know for Viking fans, they've been itching for the day for them to hopefully win a Super Bowl and bring it back to uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, all of Minnesota trying to do that objective. But, you know, Minnesota knows that they've dealt with the, that they're cursed. They're a cursed organization because they have had, they have suffered heartbreaking losses in the postseason. but they are, in my opinion, the most improved mm-hmm. team. Guys, let me just say this to that point of the Vikings. Hasn't the NFC North been just a big surprise? Not much of the fact that the Packers are on top of the division, though a surprise the way they played the last few weeks. But the fact is that it's not the Detroit Lions that's given the Packers the run for their money. If anything, they say what you want about the win on Sunday. They suck. But it's the Minnesota Vikings that are giving their run for the money. The Chicago Bears, perhaps if they can win the next two weeks, well, next week and then the week afterwards. The NFC North has been a surprise. It really it really has been. Um, Josh, if you would be all hey. right with this. Oh, oh man. Uh, I, I agree with Frank to a certain degree. Uh, I I disagree on the Lions end because I do they were not going to be a good football team when I looked at it on paper. He already lost the nucleus of what that team was with the aggression and the physicality with Namakon Sue and Nick Fairley there. Reggie Bush was gone. Um, I like Jim Caldwell as a coach, but I, I just don't think it's the right system, and that's obviously showing right now. But um, we got 10 minutes left in the show. We're going to wrap it up right now a little early for you guys today. Before we let go, and, and I'll have some particulars that we're done with this particular segment. Uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts for the show? Uh, we'll start with Frank here. Any last words for the piece today? No, Mark, so wait, wait. I get the first of the last word. Is that what it is? You know what? I'm just, waiting. I'm just curious what the skip 
Bayless Bash Hour is going to be on Thursday. Uh, how much more insanity is it going to be? I mean, what is – I just can't – look, we had a great show. I've enjoyed these last couple of weeks. I've said this, I'm going to say this publicly. What makes the show special for me is Sean Mann and Josh Lopez. Because you know what? I could talk sports with anybody, but I am talking with two of my most trustworthy buddies. Uh, this is what makes the show worthwhile, you two guys. And I can't tell you how honored and blessed it is to share this mic with you, this table for the next for, for two straight hours. I love it. Love you guys. I would say you, that. Okay, I'd say that it's been fabulous. I always try to make sure I can work on the blunders. I can work on the things that need to be corrected, and I have a real yeah, fabulous. Only. Yeah, a fabulous and a wonderful time. You know, it's something we all look forward to. High energy is back in me again. I feel great. I feel loose. It, it feels wonderful to be back uh, doing shows and stuff, too. So that's what I have to say. Now we go to you, Josh. What do you think? I want to thank everybody who's taken the opportunity to uh, check out our show so far, especially since we are a brand new sports show, and I know there's so many uh, podcasts and radio shows out there, and I know not a lot of people have time. And, um, just looking over our stats over the past couple weeks, I'm really surprised because usually a lot of these shows that start on Block Talk Radio barely get three or five listeners uh, per show. So uh, it's going to grow. Uh, I'm not expecting too much out of the gate. I want this to grow and develop, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to thank Nash Carey for giving us the opportunity to be on here, and we want to thank the people, the great people at Block Talk Radio, and also helping us out with this project as well. Um, I want I want to thank uh, the fans for checking out the show. I, I think we're offering something different that's not out there in modern day or mainstream sports talk radio or television. And I hope you guys like it. If you like what we have to offer, spread the word around about it on social media. We gladly appreciate it. The show is for real sports fans. And uh, there's a lot of things we brought in from the old show we did and uh, a lot of the ideas uh, for, for particular segments have work, and um, this is not a spinoff of any other uh, sports show. This is our own unique entity, and uh, we have three very dynamic and unique uh, sports uh, broadcasts this year. So I hope you guys like, like what we have to offer, and once again, I just want to thank uh, Sean and Frank in uh, agreeing and allowing me to be the host of the show. Um, this is something a little different. I do hosting for a wrestling radio show, but this is my first hack at it being a sports talk radio host. And I hope I'm not doing too bad of a job, but uh, I just want to thank no. you guys for uh, allowing yeah, me to Yeah, you're doing a bad job. Very bad. Very if, bad. Um, uh, Josh, if we have a little bit of time, uh, again, if, if I could mention this, too, about Ortiz real quickly. Yeah, um, please do. You know, um, you guys know me. I'm the diehard Boston sports fan. Make this quick so we don't try to get too much into it for Thursday's show. He's going to be up there with all the other Red Sox greats. If you're thinking about Ted Williams, Carlton Fisk, uh, Bobby Doerr, Johnny Pesky. Rico Petroselli, Rudy York, Joe Crunan, the list goes on. Even other greats for Boston sports like Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Bobby Orr, you know, uh, Cam Neely. He's going to be up there with all of them. And I have to say, uh, he is one of my favorites. And, yeah, I'll be sad to see him go. But I realize that you can't play the game forever. And Ortiz has proven that he will always be a champion. And without him, never would have won those three championships. And him – 
I had to say thanks, Poppy, for the memories. Let's make hopefully next year special. Uh, Frank, uh, you would have to say that Poppy is full of class two, and like Snowman said, he is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Go ahead and there. He's uh, and, he's, and he's won World Series titles. And I've already said what I wanted to say about David Ortiz, but at the same time, I do want to talk about my favorite team if we can, and that is the Chicago Cubs, who did have the Rookie of the Year Award winner in Chris Bryant. Listen, it was announced yesterday in Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros. Congratulations to him. Two good players, two strong futures two strong pieces of the future for both ball clubs that made it to the postseason last year. And, of course, Chris Bryant. Look, it was a bad NLCS, but an experience that Bryant and the Chicago Cubs needed to take. They needed as a learning experience. Hopefully they can build on it for next year and in the years to come to finally win a World Series championship. Sean, obviously, 2004, you remember that. For the Chicago Cubs, look, just win one. But there's more hardware coming for the Chicago Cubs, and that's going to be – the um, the manager of the year, it's Joe Madden. Uh, the NL Cy Young Award, I'm just curious how many votes for MVP Jake Arrieta is going to get. What a year it was for the Chicago Cubs. And Chris Bryant winning a Rookie of the Year, unanimous choice. You know what, the future's looking bright for the Chicago Cubs. Hey, the future's bright, guys, as far as baseball goes. This is a youth movement we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of guys that are coming up or have been up, obviously Mike Trout leading the way, that are very likable very marketable, and really are laying the foundation for this era of Major League Baseball, which I think is a great era that we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. This young talent, these, all these young talents we have. Yep, yeah, yeah I totally agree yeah. with you. Uh, on, on that note, we're going to wrap up the show today. Uh, we want to thank uh, Brian Snow and Nash Carey for calling in. Uh, another fun addition to the Bash Hour. If you missed today's show, you can check out the show on Blog Talk Radio Sports Drive. Um, you guys can find it right there. Uh, we are the fastest rising sports talk radio show in the world. I'm going to be on here tomorrow on ChicagoLandSportsRadio.com for the Pro Wrestling Experience, episode 142 tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. Uh, more importantly, uh, make sure you follow everybody here on Twitter. It's at, at dot sports drive. It's da sports drive dot sports drive. Uh, I'm at Twitter at WC Josh Lopez. Follow Sean Man at Twitter at Sean Man SWR. Follow Frank at Twitter at ISBN underscore Frank. God bless you, everybody. Like us on Facebook, Sports Drivers Josh Lopez and Sean Man. Uh, check out JocJournal.com as well. There's the show, and uh, we're grateful for JocJournal giving us the opportunity to do the show for you guys each and every week. And, um, yeah, if you missed this episode, check out this episode and all our past episodes on there. Uh, check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for Sean Man and Frank Sprinkle, my name is Joshua Lopez. This has been the Sports Drive. Don't forget, life is short, but it's what you make out of it. Amen. With that, I want to thank we're you. out. We'll talk. Go ahead, Sean. Oh, I was just going to say, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all. Thank on behalf of me and Josh Lopez and Frank Sprinkle. Uh, we thank you all for coming out and joining us. Uh, we do the best job every time we can for the show to entertain it for you, to give our good sports perspective. Uh, we'll have tomorrow off. We'll be back Thursday with some more sports talk for the sports drive with Josh and Frank and uh, Sean Mann. And I also want to say to everybody out there, everybody enjoy life and always be safe and make the best of the days. Amen. Like I said, for all three of the gangbusters here for the Sports Drive, this has been the Sports Drive, and we hope you enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you next week.
No, not next week. We'll talk to you Thursday. Anyway, we're out. We're out. We'll next time. You See you Thursday. You just heard the Sports Drive with Josh Lopez and Sean Mann. You are listening to Jock Journal Radio. We offer news, opinion, and discussion all the time for you Jock Stars. Catch you later, Jock Stars. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.